Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You gotta score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, kicking off hour number three of the show. Final hour of the show. Final hour of the show for the week. Here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Demon Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio and joining us now on the phone lines from ESPN 97.5 in H-Town, Carolina Teague, also League of, League of Her Own Podcast. Does a fantastic job with both. And Carolina, thanks so much for your time. As always, we definitely appreciate you. And one week is in the books when it comes to the XFL. San Antonio, even though they put up a good fight, they took a, a last-second loss really last week. What did you see from the first week of the, the XFL? And then we got to get into a little bit of drama that's going on with the San Antonio team. So what did you see about just the product for the first week on the field? I mean, the Brahmas did a really good job at the end of the half. They, well, they did a good job up until the last minute and 33 seconds of the game. And <laughs> right. Coach Hyde Ward pretty much said, you know, everything was great up until that point. And they made some fatal mistakes and, it pretty much taught us a lesson with the XFL because it's so fast-paced that these games are never over and no lead is safe until the clock reads 0-0 on the clock across the board. So basically what happened was that they, at the end of the half, they didn't score a touchdown, they missed the field goal, and then in the last minute and 33 seconds of the game, they gave up a touchdown, they gave up a three-point conversion from the 10, and then St. Louis converted on 4th and 15th, and then they scored the touchdown and ended up winning the game, which we didn't expect that to happen. They were doing a great job holding St. Louis off for the first three quarters, and then everything just unfolded. What did you think about that style, though? I mean, being able to go for it on fourth and 15 like St. Louis did and, and pick up the first down and get the ball and keep driving, like it's different, obviously, than the NFL. Did you like the, did you like the rule changes? I do like the rule changes, and I, I feel like it's not only just me who feels like that. I feel like everybody across social media kind of felt that way, too, because it's a unique option um, to do instead of, you know, doing onside kick mm-hmm. instead of kicking and maybe hoping that your ball goes oblong and bounces the right way. Your team can line up on fourth and 15th and they can try to convert. And if they do, then you get to regain, retain possession. And if they don't, then it's a turnover on downs and then it goes back to the opposing team. And it's a really, it keeps the game moving pretty quickly. And, you know, I didn't think that conversion would happen um, up until the very first game of the season. I thought it was going to happen maybe later on, but it just so happened to be here at home. Yeah, it was right there in San Antonio, and, and, and right there in San Antonio, you saw uh, The Rock and Danny Garcia. Of course, they're the owners and co-owner of the XFL. You had an opportunity to hear what they had to say. What did you take away from those conversations that The Rock and Danny Garcia had uh, pregame before last week's uh, event? Well, The Rock and Danny Garcia made an announcement right there on um, in the middle of the field right before the game, and they made an announcement that the XFL championship would be in San Antonio and I asked San Antonio Mayor Ron Nierberg, when did he find out? Was there any conversations that they had leading up to that? And when did they find out about this news? Which is a great thing because San Antonio, we proved that we can pack out a stadium. It was 24,000 people, which is almost double of what other teams had in their arena. And the mayor basically said they had no idea that they were going to even have the championship there until The Rock announced it on the field. And The Rock and Danny Garcia basically said that they don't have a one-year plan, a two-year plan. 
they have a five, 10 year plan and they're committed about investing in the communities where they have these XFL teams that they plan on staying and building in the community. So even in Vegas or San Antonio, they plan on being there for a long time. So hopefully their plan pans out the way it's supposed to be. But um, the games are pretty energetic, and I, I really like seeing them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And there's always already some drama going on in San Antonio. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, t- again, we're talking with Carolina Teague here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. It's not so much drama, but it was something that we were debating last week. Is the team name officially the <laughs> Brahmas? Uh, I think it's the Brahmas. I think it's the Brahmas because everybody's calling it the Brahmas. All right. People were debating with me that it's the Brahmas, but I think it's confirmed it's the Brahmas. And I thought it was the Brahmas, but sometimes people like to throw me in a loop and make me question my own sanity. So that's kind of where I was at. All good. And then when it comes to that San Antonio crowd, you mentioned how they had 24,000. What's that atmosphere like? Because I also saw on Twitter you were campaigning that this shows that San Antonio needs an NFL team. Yeah, and I, and I, and I stand on that. San Antonio does need an NFL team because, you know, all these smaller markets in the country have NFL teams with the exception of San Antonio. And with the AAF, they had the highest attendance record during that season. With the XFL, the very first game, the game opener, 24,000. San Antonio has proven time and time again they can sustain an NFL team. But because of politics, it, it, it's it's not happening. And my tweet went pretty viral because I'm spitting facts. I'm really, I'm keeping it 100. There's no reason why San Antonio shouldn't have an NFL team. It's the seventh largest city in the country. And the only thing quote unquote stopping it is the boogeyman, Jerry Jones. Oh, are those the politics that you were speaking of? <laughs> yeah, the that's the politics. Oh, yeah. The, the, I don't think they said Jerry, yeah, 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 he's the boogeyman. He's Mr. Political right there. I mean, San Antonio is, his territory. I yep. mean, if you come to San Antonio, it's yep. nothing but Cowboy fans. Q, you are in Central Texas. I'm sure yep. your your town was saturated with Cowboy fans, too. It's like they have yep. a chokehold on all of South Texas. Yep. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and, and that's that is uh, one of the big things is Jerry has a, a stranglehold, like she mentioned, on that market, San Antonio. He doesn't want anything to do with it, and I'm sure you know, being in San Antonio, it's been used multiple times by multiple franchises as you know, kind of the pawn, like, oh, well, we'll move to San Antonio. They want a team, and then all of a sudden, another city ponies up for that team to get that stadium. I mean, how many times have they been used as kind of like leverage for a team to to get what they need from another city? Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. The Saints played over here, and they had a huge crowd turnout. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have the XFL, the AAF, and it's it's a shame that San Antonio can't get an XFL or an NFL team. This is why we can't have nice things in San Antonio. <laughs> this is why everybody says that we're the lamest city in Texas and one of the lamest cities in the country. And that's why we can't get new stadiums and we have to play games in the uh, the terrible looking Alamo Dome that needs a huge makeover. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got the Selena Bridge, right? I mean, you got over there on the Riverwalk. You got the Selena Bridge. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's and that's it. We only and and and, and you know, if anybody says anything bad about Selena, you know, they're gonna get cut. So you know, we can't talk bad about Selena. But but that's about it. We have Selena. We have the Alamo Dome. Yep. And the river, and then yep. what else? The the Alamo, the Alamo. When 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 did that happen? Like what in the seventeen hundreds? I don't have a history book in front of me. Right, like hundreds of years ago. 
I got you. you. Know, we need something new. I'm tired of it. <laughs> we, clearly, we can tell. We can tell. We got her fired up. Carolina Teague is who we're talking to right now. Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, you did tweet out something that was very interesting to me. You said the XFL is giving you PTSD going back to the <laughs> AAF, and there was some drama. Like in San Antonio, the vice president is already out. The captain has been dismissed. What, 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 what led to all that? What did you find out about that? I have no clue. They kind of wow. kept it really hush-hush as to why they let it go. They said it was a personal matter. Okay. And they're not going to be commenting on it. So something crazy must have had, had to have happened. And maybe I should do a little bit more deep diving. San Antonio is, even though it's the seventh largest city, it's a really small town. I'm sure if I call, call up some of my homies, I can find go. out what really happened. So I can get some news to you soon. But as of right now, it's just a really close personal, personnel matter. And the reason why I have PTSD from the AAF because we did the same thing years ago. We packed out during yep. the AAF. We, we were doing the wave in the stands that everybody was criticizing us for because they said it was 1980s looking. When we it did is. The wave, they were, it is. They were doing <laughs> I know. And they did the wave again. They did the wave again this past Sunday. San Antonio loves old stuff. The wave, the Alamo Dome is crazy. And so they did all that. And um, even though San Antonio was successful with the AAF, the AAF went under. They weren't paying their players. All the players were hitting me up saying they didn't get their checks from two weeks ago. They were mm-hmm. owed a couple thousand dollars. And it just went belly up. And and and, I, and in my mind, I want to say that XFL is going to play for a full season, which they, they, they potentially could, and they have a five- to ten-year plan. But because of my PTSD, I'm carrying it from week to week because I never know what's going to happen. Well, that's exactly where I wanted to go next. You know, what do you – I mean, you heard The Rock. You heard Danny Garcia. Do you believe that this is sustainable? Because, Carolina, that's been the big question with all these leagues. Can it sustain what they're trying to do? I mean, I think it, I think it is sustainable. If you're smart with your financial and your business decisions, anything is sustainable. And I think one of the things, like I pointed out last week, that helps to – helps for that case is that these players are practicing in Arlington to cut down on costs and then yeah. they travel only for the games that they have to play for. So I think that's one of the huge things. And they've been having this league in the works for several years. And it's a little, been a little bit longer than the AAF has been going on. And the rock has been, you know, playing football. This is his passion. And Danny Garcia, she's known for being a business minded, business savvy, even though she's not with the rock anymore. She handles all of his business affairs. Rock's pretty successful himself. She has a degree in business administration. In addition to the other NFL owners and their relationship with the city, I do think it's a possibility that they can sustain themselves longer than the AAF. But like I said, never say never. So right. I don't want to jinx them, but, but you never know what will happen. When it comes to that release situation with the San Antonio Brahmas, do you think it could be something similar what we saw in the USFL where the guy ordered the pizza over the chicken salad and the coach just got upset huh. with him? Wait, wait, wait. What? Can you, what did you just say? What did you say about pizza? <laughs> there was a situation in the USFL, another yeah. startup league, where the coach released a guy because he ordered pizza instead of chicken salad. Oh, my God. See, that's, this is the petty stuff I talk about. This is a hashtag politics that I talk about all the time, such as Jerry Jones and expanding. Like, people are so petty. When, when do people stop being petty just in any area of life? When do they stop being petty, put their business hats on? I mean, a pizza, are you serious? And, and sometimes people are on keto. When you order a pizza, you can take <laughs> off the cheese and the pepperoni and eat that only. Nobody knew what he was going to do. <laughs> that is the most ridiculous story I ever heard, Demond. That's crazy. 
Well, DeMond is the king of ridiculous, stupid stories. But, yeah, that was something. And that clearly wasn't the reason why he got released, but that was the reason that was given that he was released. But, uh, yeah, that was that was something that was kind of silly. So, uh, DeMond, actually, he hasn't told you yet, but he's going to make his uh, color commentary debut tomorrow. He's on the Vegas Vipers broadcast. So, him and our wow. guy, yeah, him and our guy, Harry Ruiz, are going to be doing it. They're, the Vegas Vipers will be aired right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So, we're excited about that. Uh, so, yeah. Is there? I haven't checked the schedule. Is San Antonio playing the Vegas Vipers anytime soon? Okay, Demond. Yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Vegas Vipers are playing the Brahmas in uh, week seven, if I'm not mistaken. There yeah, it is. Yeah, it is week seven for sure. I just confirmed it right now. I was like, I, I remember it was week seven. Lucky number seven. There you go. And it's in go. Vegas. There you go. Said. Yep. Enough said. Enough said. All right. Well, final question for you. I, I did want to take you back to All Star Break, the All Star Weekend. We talked about it last week. Oh, actually, I got two more questions for you. Becky Hammond. We talked about her last week, and as soon as we hung up, uh, she became a finalist for the the the, uh, the Hall of Fame. How cool is that? And 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 I mean, how excited would you be to see Becky Hammond uh, be enshrined as a HOF or a Hall of Famer? Real tears. It just solidifies her legacy. I mean, she's been through the ringer as far as her whole career is concerned. And uh, she's proven herself to be a champion on and off the court. And, you know, she really did it big moving to Las Vegas and being able to bring a championship over to your city. uh, She deserves it more than anything. And then the fact that Pop is there, too, is just the, the cherry on top. Right, absolutely. So now I did want to take you back to All-Star Weekend. What did you think of the overall product? Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the All-Star Game. I thought it was the worst All-Star Game I've ever seen. But what did you think of just the weekend in general? Boring. Everybody said it's boring. It's the lowest rating, lowest rated NBA All-Star Weekend ever. And it's not surprising to me because we're in an NBA where they don't play as much defense as they used to back in the day. Um, And also, too, I mean – they're not playing as hard as they used to. And uh, I think it was Shai Gilgis Alexander from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm -hmm. He made a statement saying that, you know, they need to put their money where their mouth is. If they want these players to compete a whole lot better, then they need to give them incentives, you know, for playing in the All-Star game. And I totally agree with him because you don't want these players getting injuries during the All-Star game. So they're just going to play for fun and, and leisure. So, um, it was really boring, uh, with the, but I am happy that Damian Lillard won the three-point contest and Mac McClung was, was also fun to watch, too. Yeah, the slam dunk contest was cool. Uh, I mean, McClung's not an all-star, but there's that. I mean, he's a G League guy, but he did put on a hell of a show. And then Dame Lillard, it's always great to see him go out there and perform. But, yeah, the all-star game was terrible. For every reason you just said, it was a whole lot of boring. Well, uh, Carolina, it's always great to catch up with you. Uh, the, as far as uh, League of Her Own podcast and everything else you got going on, what you got coming up that we should be on the lookout for? Well, I am going to be in Vegas. I already told Uh-oh. you that is booked for the tank fight. Yeah, they already confirmed that for April 22nd. Tank versus Garcia is probably going to be the fight of the year. So I am going to be flying to Vegas, definitely uh, uh, coming up soon. And, of course, I'm always doing my wrestling gigs and things like that. And I'm covering the XFL and the Spurs still. So I got a lot going on. League of Her Own, we're going to have more guests. And I'm still doing uh, some stuff in Houston. So everything's exciting. There you go. There. Who do you got in that fight? Who do you think's winning that fight? Tank a thousand percent, like no question, no Demond, question. Demond, you 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 perked up when you when she said that. Wow, I just so so she was so emphatic about it. You don't even think that Garcia is going to give him some trouble with his reach? You, 
No, because no, and that's what Tank said that the reach was probably going to be his main issue. But he's not letting Garcia see him sweat. He's not giving all his clues. Garcia's putting himself out there, and he's telling, he's making it clear what Tank's weaknesses are. You don't think he's going to work on that? And then also too, <laughs> Garcia. Um, when I saw him at the Alamo Dome last year, when he came back after his mental health break, he had serious ring rust. And I've seen Tank fight multiple times in person. I mean, you cannot outbox Tank. He's way more intelligent in the boxing ring, and I think it's going to be fun for ratings and things like that. I'm definitely excited about it, but I do think Tank is going to take this for sure. There you go. Great stuff. I love it. Well, Carolina, thanks so much for your uh, insight. We appreciate you. Enjoy the XFL. Enjoy everything you got going on uh, and with H-Town covering the Spurs and, of course, League of Her Own podcast as well. You're doing a great job. Keep it up, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Talk to you later. <laughs> She went from she went from having a little something something in her neck, having a little edge, to all of a sudden trying to be all all sweet when she left. All right, goodbye. See y'all. She had some edge to her today, boy. She had, I don't know what you did tomorrow when you got her on the phone. You must have got her fired up or something. Yo, she brought the heat. Yeah, yeah, she ain't lying. She was all fired up, man. She was uh, defending her city, San Antonio. She was trying to hold it down for San Antonio, getting themselves a team. And yeah, they've been, they've been. Uh, that city has been used so many times as you know a pawn. And oh well, hey, you know San Antonio wants a team. We'll just go there. And then see, oh no, 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 it's okay. We'll, we, it's okay. We, we'll Sounds like it then out. the boogeyman steps in. Then the boogeyman steps in as well. So uh, Carolina Teague, ESPN 97.5. That's an H Town League of Her Own podcast joining us right there. We definitely appreciate it. Four twenty is the time. Apparently, DeMond, we've triggered some folks when we talked about Will Levis. I'll tell you about that next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. DeMond and myself have triggered some folks, and maybe it's just me, have triggered some folks when it comes to Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. We'll get into that conversation in just a bit. We have no more guests the rest of the way. It's just you and us. You're stuck with us. <laughs> 702-365-9200.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go out to the phone lines first to talk to our guy, Hardcore Raider, and then we'll get into the Will Levis conversation. Hardcore, welcome to the show. Hey, Q, how's it going, man? Hey, just Fantastic. Like, we could have been, been the San Antonio Raiders. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, I, I lived in San Antonio for, for a year when I was a kid, you know, and yeah. I was stationed in Central Texas when I was in the Army. Nice. I'll tell you, man, the only thing bigger and better in Texas is their egos. And they're not yes, better, it is. but they, yes. are, they are bigger. So, hey, and, and everyone there will tell you about how great it is. Too. <laughs> I love, oh, I love me some Texas, but, boy, everybody will tell you how it's great, and even the water tastes better in Texas. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, don't, don't want to fight you. You start saying something bad about Texas? Sir? I know. Oh, no, we're fighting. I know. Dude, it's, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> but, oh, man. Hey, hey, you would still be stuck in Texas. Think of that, man. Oh, geez. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> but, um, hey, on a different note, I just want to say a uh, big shout-out to you and DeMond, dude. I mean, uh, just, you know, kind of thinking about you going to this uh, combine. And, you know, I, I know Raiders have had other, you know, uh, beat writers and stuff, uh, you know, go to the combine. But I just think it's really awesome that we got one of our own. Um, you know, that's a professional in this industry. And in my opinion, you're a level above uh, all the others, you know. Um, Appreciate but, you. But, you know, I, I'm just curious, you know. And so with that being said, you know, I just want to thank, you know, any of the sponsors that's allowing this to happen. Cause I think that's a big deal, in my opinion, uh, as well as your wife and everybody else. So, um, but my question to you, I guess, is like, so when you go into something like this, uh, are you going to try to target any players? Or are you just going to, like, see how it rolls and, 
kind of, you know, interview whoever's available uh, and, and whatnot. What's your game plan there? And then I got one for DeMond, dude. You're doing the XFL. That's awesome. I know you're a big rock fan. I used to be a rock fan, too. So I tell you what, when, when you uh, announce the Raptors, you should, you should, like, do something, DeMond. It's like, do you smell what the Raptors are cooking? But you got to do it rock style. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> la, 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 oh, you got it. Oh, man, <laughs> <Yeah>. you're tripping. <laughs> That's funny. Good right. stuff. Hey, th- yeah. thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Good, good, good question as well. Uh, yeah, man, when, when I go to the events like this, it's similar to when we go and cover the draft. Uh, I, try to, I try to talk to as many players as possible because you just don't know. You don't know what player you might talk to that might end up suiting up for the Raiders. Like when I made that relationship with Josh Jacobs was back in Nashville before, the night before he got drafted, had a really good conversation with him. Until this day, we always reference every time we talk back to that day because he remembers the conversation. I asked him, hey, what do you think about you know, being a Raider. And so, uh, yeah, you start to, uh, you know, kind of get these uh, bonds going uh, with these guys before they're actually drafted and before they're, they're, they're assigned to a team. And then all of a sudden the teams have to, you know, be in charge of when they could talk to you, when they can't talk to you and all that other stuff. But yeah, I'm going to definitely try to target some players that I think could be on the radar of the Raiders and, uh, you know, some other players that, you know, Raider Nation wants to hear from. And there's a big laundry list of players that are going to be there. And, of course, we're going to talk to Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, and more. The beautiful thing about it is everything in Indy happens early in the morning. Like, I was looking at uh, the rundown that they kind of send us. They send us a little bit of, a, um, you know, like a prospect schedule. And let's just put it like this. Like, it starts at 8 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, East Coast time. So the good thing is, by the time that this show starts, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, West Coast time, that's 5 p.m. So I've had all morning, all afternoon long to be able to talk to as many prospects as possible. It's like the Super Bowl without being the Super Bowl. So I'm excited about everything that we could bring to the table. If you're excited about what we did, Super Bowl uh, Radio Row, this is going to be just as good because these are players of the future that could be suiting up bunch of those players will probably be suiting up for the silver and black next year. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And DeMond's going to do his thing XFL style. Excited about that. Hardcore, thanks for the call. I do appreciate you and glad that you can uh, appreciate what we have going on here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, I wanted to continue this on and get into this conversation about Will Levitz because apparently he is a guy that is very polarizing. And that's okay. That's, that's fine. I have no problem with that. We've been saying for months now that there was a big four when it came to the quarterbacks, right? It was Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. And I don't really care what order you put it in. We were listening to sound bites from DJ uh, Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network earlier. We were on a big conference call with him for over two and a half hours. Great stuff. He said basically the same thing. He had five guys that he thought were franchise quarterbacks. His order, not mine. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and he said he'd throw Hendon Hooker in there as well. So when he gave the breakdown of Will Levis, I responded and said, I don't think that he is good for a team that needs a quarterback immediately like the Raiders because it's such a high ceiling, but you just don't know. There's so many question marks. Again, not even my words. This is what a a talent evaluator said as well, and many people have said as well. Here's Daniel Jeremiah talking about Will Levis. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think, you know, Josh Allen's kind of what you're hoping. Um, He's going to be there, I I would say. You know, the evaluation part of it, if we go there first, you know, you, you start with the sacks and the turnovers. I mean, that's the that's the cause for concern. That's the flag. So you've got to you've got to navigate that and you've got to dig into that if you're a team and and talk to him and 
sit down and watch the tape and go through it and see if you can learn some things. Because not, not all that stuff's going to be on him. When you look at some of the turnovers, there's a good number of tip throws. When you look at the sacks, there's the offensive line wasn't very good in front of him this year, and there's some blown protections. So I'd want to sit there and go through all the sacks and all the turnovers when you sit down with him because it is a big number and it needs to be explained, but I don't think that's all on him. Um, the injury thing is another one, and I mean, I don't want to go through and – try and excuse away, you know, some issues. But when I watched him, I, I didn't, you know, I did not like when he was working to the left side of the field. I thought he was closed off. I thought he threw against himself. And then I come to find out after I've watched the tape that he had a you know messed up toe, he's got a messed up shoulder. And I think that impacted that to a degree. Um, but the things that you can't refute, he's got a strong arm. He's a really good athlete, especially the year before when he's healthy. You can see him as a runner. Um, you can use him on some design quarterback run stuff as well as him just organically making things happen. Um, he's tough. He hangs in there and takes shots. Um, there are, you know, there are some times where I wish he would feel things better on the backside. Um, every time he gets hit, it's a surprise party. So I, I wish he just had a little bit better feel to get up and get away from some of those things. Um, but toughness is not an issue at all. He can make every type of throw you want. Um, but to me, it's it's digging in on some of those issues to to figure out, you know, what what the deal is with him um, and why, you know, some of those things happen in terms of the turnovers and the sacks. Other quarterbacks you try and compare him to. I mean, that's tough as an athlete. I think there's some comparison to Ryan Tannehill when he was coming out. Um, I think you look at his frame, Dak Prescott is one. I think that's a fair comp for him. Um, same conference, same build, same toughness. Uh, the stuff on Dak, when you talk to the coaches there, you know, worker, intelligent, tough, winner, like you'll hear all those exact same things said about Will Levis. They rave about him. So, uh, you know, as I think about it, that might end up being the best comparison. So there's Daniel Jeremiah breaking down every element of Will Levis, right? What's the good things? Strong arm, athlete, tough as nails, right? He gives him a comp to Dak Prescott. And depending on how you feel about Dak Prescott, it is what it is, right? There's some people that love Dak Prescott. There's some people that don't. He could be Josh Allen. Also body type, similar to Ryan Tannehill coming out. Kind of athletic guy like Ryan Tannehill. Okay, there you go. Questions he had. Sacks and turnovers, that's a red flag. Why did he take so many? Not, of all, not all of them on him. Not all the sacks on him, not all the turnovers on him. Injury, okay, so he's got a little bit of injury history as well. Pocket presence, lack of pocket presence. What did he say about getting hit in the pocket? It was a surprise party. You know what that means? He doesn't see it coming. How many times do you see a quarterback get drilled when they don't see it coming, and what happens? They turn the ball over, right? So my opinion, just my opinion is that for a team that needs to make sure they get it right, I don't think he's a good fit. That is all I said. It's nothing about I don't like the guy. I don't know the guy. So I'm not going to not like anybody. I don't know half the people that listen. I don't not like you. I don't know you. I don't know him either. I just don't think he's a good fit, him or Anthony Richardson, for the Raiders. Again, just my opinion. Vegas Pete, Q, your take on Levis is stupid. He's good. Okay, cool. That's fine. I feel like I'm in grade school. I feel like the, my response should be, I know you are, but what am I, right? I mean, that's, that's what that sounded like. I remember that's, your glue. Yeah, exactly. It's not even really an intelligent conversation there. How about this? Will Levis graduated in three years with a 3.95 GPA and a bachelor's in finance from Penn State Business School. He's built like a tank and is known to be tough as hell and a hard worker with an elite NFL arm and good mobility. Not sure why you guys don't like him, but he's a prototype NFL quarterback. You're not hearing us. We don't not like him. 
I just simply said I don't think he's a good fit for the Raiders, and he might be. It's just my opinion. So it's nothing about not liking anybody. I don't, there's not anyone in the draft I don't like. I have no reason not to li- not like anybody. If he can go in and be the Raiders' starting quarterback and be fantastic, great. But it feels like everyone's taking a conversation about a quarterback so personal, and it's just our opinion. Like, I didn't know that we were, li- we were talking to Will Levis' family. It feels like I'm talking to his cousin, and his cousin's getting angry. If Will Levis was as good as these uh, texters and tweeters think that he is, why isn't he that number one overall pick on a lot of teams' draft boards? Maybe I think he will be. Who knows? <laughs> there's a reason that he's not, as of right now, there's a reason that Daniel Jeremiah, someone that is highly respected in the game, has him as his fourth-rated quarterback. And those things, you can't just say, hey, he's got the arm. Every quarterback, we mentioned this in the first hour of the show, if, you, if you're going to be drafted in the first round as a quarterback, no one's getting drafted, but it's like, ah, man, his, his arm is mid-tier. He's got a weak arm. To be getting drafted this high, they all have the they all have the bazooka. I right. know that he's got the arm talent. He can make every throw on the field. But what happens when you're taking too long to make that throw on the field? The NFL, the game speeds up a little bit more. Where it's not just, hey, if you have that time, you can make that throw. It's not college anymore. So maybe he does need that time to develop. And I also said that him or Anthony Richardson, either one, they would benefit greatly from being drafted by the Carolina Panthers, where I'm saying, right. hey, even though that he's going to be drafted by that team to be the man, I think that they have the staff overall around there that would be able to develop him. So it's not saying that he's the worst quarterback in this draft. He could be a bust. He could be a Hall of Famer. But just right now, from what we've seen, I'll just say this. I'm not that impressed. All right, I mean, and, and that's it. And, again, he's probably going to go top 10. So it's nothing not to like about the guy. I just don't think he's a good fit with the Raiders. There's certain players that I think are really great players that I, I wouldn't select for the Raiders. So one more soundbite about the quarterbacks that we're going back to. I was going to go ahead and proceed with some ones that we haven't, haven't heard yet, but this is an intriguing conversation to me. So the question that I asked Daniel Jeremiah to start things off, because he has Will Levis – Mocked to the Raiders at number seven in his mock draft 2.0, which will change a lot of times before that draft in late April. I asked him about the, the quarterback class, how many real franchise guys he sees in this class. I, I think there's, I, I would actually say five because, you know, we'll see where Hennon Hooker lands. And again, I, I already kind of went, hit, went down that road, but I know he's older, but I think he's got a chance to be a starter, be a solid starter. So, I would say there's a chance to be five, and they all have concerns. They all there's not a uh, um, it's not one of those years where you have Trevor Lawrence. It's not Joe Burrow. It's obviously not it's not Andrew Luck. It's not that year where you say, okay, this is that one. Now I want to say can't miss, but it's gonna be hard to miss. (laughs) We don't have that. Uh, They all have warts. They all have flaws. But I think there's five potential solid starters uh, in this group. I have it: Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Levis Richardson. Um, but you know, again, if you know who you have developing these guys and you have a plan in place, you know, I, I think it's very close, uh, when you look at how they, those guys stack up for me, it's Bryce, a gap. And then those other three guys, I think it's however they fit you, what plan you have in place and and how you want to use them. If you've got a veteran in place for a year, I think Anthony Richardson, you can make that case. You've got a coordinator that understands how to incorporate Will Levis's athleticism right now. I, you know, I know and talking to, to to folks that have been through there, they rave about his ability to handle a lot of information. So if you think about Josh McDaniels and his offense, it's been kind of known as a, you know, they can put a lot on your plate. And it sounds like that's something he's comfortable doing. I would put Hendon Hooker in that same 
in that same realm, just in terms of when they talk about his, you know, his football acumen, he's going to be able to pick it up and 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 handle a, a, a large uh, playbook there. Um, and Stroud to me is just like the, he's the purest thrower of the bunch, just accurate. You know, if you value decision-making accuracy as, as pretty much everybody does, uh, CJ Stroud's really, really solid in that area. So that's why he's number two for me. And then Bryce, I think outside the size just does everything at a very high level. Daniel Jeremiah right there, breaking down all the four quarterbacks and then even threw in Hendon Hooker in there. And you and, and again, I'm going back to the point of I don't think that Will Levitz is great for the Raiders. And one of the things is what Daniel Jeremiah had to say. If you have a coordinator in place that you feel confident can develop, how many times, DeMond, have we sat here on this show and had people call in and say, this coaching staff can't develop a player. This coaching staff can't do this, that, and the other. So now now today you, you believe in the coaching staff is going gonna, is gonna to develop this guy? that doesn't have a, a veteran in front of him. He has no veteran in front of him outside of Jared Stidham, who has two career starts. And Jared Stidham's a free agent, doesn't even have a contract. So that's, that's what I'm saying. The structure is not in place right now. That's why I don't think he's a good fit for the Raiders. If there was a healthy starter that you knew was going to be there for a few years and this guy could sit behind him and develop, sure, why not? For S's and giggles, go for it. That's cool. But there's not that guy right now. That's my big point. Well, let's go out to Burke from Texas. Burke, welcome to the show. Hey, Q. Um, I called a while back. I mean, there's two teams I follow obsessively, Penn State and the Raiders. And Sean Clifford's been the quarterback at Penn State for five years. He just graduated. Levitz was there for like three. He couldn't crack the starting lineup. He had to transfer. He got crunched one game against Maryland. He did it all right, but... I mean, I want what's best for the Raiders. This is, like, ridiculous, like, this potential. Don't you want someone from, like, someone, like, from UCLA who just, like, takes over right away, a young guy? Like, this this potential, like, that's not what the Raiders need right now. We need something we can count on. And, like, Levitz is, like, a project at best. I mean, Clifford was all heart, very average, you know. We won some games. But Levitz couldn't crack the starting lineup. That's the bottom line. Great call, great call. And, you know, and, and I think he said it perfectly. He probably said what I was trying to say. The Raiders can't afford, in my opinion, to just go off of potential. They've got to and – it, and it sucks that that's the case. It sucks that they can't say, you know what, let's take a chance on this guy because, man, if he hits, boy, it's going to be exciting. I don't think that they have the team built up enough right now to be able to do that. And, DeMar, correct me if I'm wrong. Do, can they gamble like that or do they need to be a little bit safer? Oh, they definitely need to be safer, as you mentioned. That's why if Hendon Hooker is available in the early second round, maybe go up to get him right. early in the second round because as he's as – Daniel Jeremiah said something about Anthony Richardson. Think of him as a lottery ticket. He has the highest payout. And that is all fine and dandy for a team that wants to select Anthony Richardson. But if you're this administration for the Raiders now, you don't have those two or three years to see, hey, maybe he'll pan out. Maybe right. by th- year three, he's going to be a pro bowler. They don't have that type of time when it comes to the rookie quarterback. So the projects, Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, those two should be off of the board for them because even though down the future they could be great, it's just not it's just not what the team needs right now. Text for the seven oh seven. So I'll trust Daniel Jeremiah's opinion about Levis being a good fit with the Raiders over yours. That's fine. That's not that's I have no problem with that. That that's not the argument. The argument is why all of a sudden such such mud is being slung our way just because we gave you our honest opinion. I mean, I could gas you up all day. Do you want me just to gas you up and talk about rainbows and puppy dogs and, and all that, or do you want me to give you my honest thoughts? 
If you want me to gas you up, just tell me you want me to gas you up. I'll do a whole three-hour show that'll be boring because it'll be all rainbows and puppy dogs. But if if I don't think that it's a good fit, I'm just going to say that. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that that's my opinion. I respect Daniel Jeremiah's or else I wouldn't play his sound. That's all. Not a big deal. Robin Oakland said, I accept all the positives and negatives on Levis. I read somewhere that he's the only one in the draft that has to fit throws into, t- that has to fit throws into tight windows after his offensive coordinator from there uh, from the year before left. Throwing windows in the NFL are much tighter than college. This may be a positive for Levis. Very true. Uh, got a text from the 707. C.J. Stroud is one of the worst quarterbacks in college football when it comes to throwing under pressure. 97th out of 144 quarterback, according to PFF. Okay. Got a text from the 702 from LJ. Given the polarizing responses already, hell no on Levis. I ain't trying to hear nine more years of bickering about the quarterback. I kind of think I kind of felt the same way. That's funny. I kind of felt the same way. 707. When I said you don't like him, I wasn't talking about him as a person. I meant as a player. I didn't see it. I didn't like him as a player. I just said I didn't think he was a good fit for the Raiders. That's it. Jesus Christ. This is hilarious. Hilarious. 702-365-9200. Who we got up next, man? Manny in Colorado. Manny, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, Q, man. How's it going, man? Um, it's going great. Hey, real, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with Will Levis, yeah, I just – no, that ain't the answer. I don't think that's where we need to roll. Um, what I like, though, man, is I was listening to the show Spotify. I'm a day late on it, but about, you know, what to do with Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Man, if they ain't a quarterback, you, get, you, you let him go. You let him walk. That's what I would do. And, again, this ain't the most popular thing as Raider fans. We've been through some awful things, right, like awful records, awful seasons. But if that's the case, you don't, you know, C.J. Stroud's not there. Uh, Bryce Young won't be there at seven. You're not going to trade up because you're mortgaging everything. It sounds like Aaron Rodgers isn't coming, uh, coming this way either. I mean, to be honest with you, if you're going to get rid of Jacobs, why not? And I love Devontae. Why not just trade him, see what you can get, and – Again, I know tanking is not the, the the best thing to do. Doesn't build culture, but man, there's Caleb Williams, Drake May next year. You got Sanders from um, called from for here from CU. That that class is loaded, and I mean that might be the best option moving forward. You know, just to, to you know, you got a generational talent coming along with Caleb Williams. That dude is that dude's gonna be something. So honestly, if that's the plan, you don't land a quarterback. I would let Jacobs walk, and again, I would not take Will Levis. At number seven, um, you know, I feel more comfortable taking uh, Hennon Hooker, you know, later on in the draft than I do with Will Levis at seven. So, but again, I think next year you kind of have to just let this season roll and see what happens. But I think Caleb Williams, he's the dude, and that's the dude we need to get next year. There you go. Thanks for the call. I appreciate you. And that's, I mean, that's the thing. That's obviously a direction they can go. I would hate for them to do that. I would hate for them to sell off the farm. I hope they get a quarterback. I hope Josh Jacobs returns. I hope this team is competitive and puts a 10-win product out there on the field. That's just my hope. I don't know if that's what they're going to do or not. It's just my hope. It's my feelings. But we'll see, right? I mean, it's all up to Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly to put this thing together. And how are they going to do it? Well, we'll see it, obviously, as it rolls out. Mailman Raider hit us up. Sounds like Levis will be DC 2.0. Half want him, half don't. Laughing my ass off. Which is funny. I've never seen so many people triggered by a guy who's not even on the team. Right? I mean, it's draft season. Some people are going to like certain guys. Some people aren't going to like certain guys. And when I say like, I mean like as a fit for a certain team. Again, I think all these guys could be really good if they go to the right situation. I don't think that the Raiders are the right situation for Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. 
I ain't got nobody talking about. Nobody's hit us up and said, how come you're talking about Anthony Richardson? He's great. Like, nobody's saying that. I don't know what it is about Will Levis that got everyone triggered, but everyone is fired up about the dude. He might end up being the, 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 the next coming of Tom Brady for all we know, and he might not. No big deal. 4.46 at the time. We'll take a break. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. I completely forgot what I was about to, uh, <laughs> oh no, I do know what it is now. I forgot. Got so caught up in the. Five more minutes. Yeah, I know. I got so caught up in the Will Levis conversation. Uh, as, as funny as that one is, is that I forgot to actually pass along some interesting news that uh, we've been hit up a couple times by. We've got hit up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. And also, I believe Raider Burner 91 hit us up. And the fact is that uh, according to multiple reports, it looks like Jalen Ramsey is going to get traded in the next couple of weeks or so. That's the guy that we talked about. Um, how long ago did we talk about? About Jalen Ramsey. That was about we two weeks ago. About two weeks maybe ago. Maybe even right? last week. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so we started having conversations, and there were some reports that maybe he uh, maybe he was going to get released, and he tweeted out, like, no, definitely not going to get released, maybe traded. Well, now there's multiple reports. I know Tom Pelissero put it out in the next coming weeks. Jalen Ramsey may be traded. Jalen Ramsey just tweeted out, the story sounds better than the truth sometimes. I'll admit that. I live in the truth, though. God is so great. I'm blessed and highly favored. So, that's Jalen Ramsey on Twitter. Uh, again, it does sound like that he's uh, there's a potential for him to be traded in the next coming weeks or, or, or so. And, and the thing about him, as much as I would, I've said it before, I'd be a big fan of you know the Raiders trading for him. It all depends again on what they decide to do with this team, what direction they feel like they're going. If they're going in a direction where it's you know, it's going to take a time, little bit of time to develop. There's no reason to go out and make a trade for a guy like Jalen Ramsey. But if they feel like they've got, you know, they've got a nice little roster and maybe they're, you know, one corner away to, to complement that, that defensive line or whatever the, the case may be, then he's obviously someone to pay attention to. But it, it kind of feels like to me that, you know, I, I, the, the way that it seems like the Raiders are going to try to build this team up, I don't know if that would be a wise choice. Now, if he was to be released, then, you know, all bets are off. But I feel like that the Rams are probably going to try to get a lot of draft capital in return for him. But it is out there that Jalen Ramsey uh, could be available. You know how sometimes you can just read the tweet, the tea leaves on Twitter? Yeah. He tweeted out, the best in me by Marvin Sapp last night. We should have knew it right then and there. <laughs> there you go. I like it. I like how you broke that one down right there. Uh, 702-365-9200. That is our phone line. We'll take one more call before we wrap up the show. Who we got, Demond? Raider Fish and Berkeley. Right? Oh, of course we do. Raider Fish and Berkeley. Welcome to the show. Close us out. Woo! T-G-I-F, baby! Hey, I just want to wish you two dudes and the rest of Raider Nation a good weekend and take a moment to either find a positive trait in someone or try to find something positive next time you uh, come across something. Man, that's just just on my heart. Hey, uh, show up, show up, and holler just with, baby, and have a great weekend when you fall out. There he goes, Raider Fisher Berkeley. Definitely appreciate you. And yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 all good. It's 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 interesting. I love the fact that we talk about it every day. I love the fact how passionate Raider Nation is about everything that has to do with the silver and black. And uh, obviously, we get you know pretty fired up at times, but it's all good. I mean, it is what it is. It's just uh, one of those things, man. It's going to be a process. It's only February twenty fourth. <laughs> the draft date till late April. Obviously, free agency is going to come before that, so we'll find out a lot before then. We'll know. 
you know, I mean, going not to bring up old stuff, but going back to Will Levis, we'll know if there's going to be a veteran quarterback that the Raiders have sooner rather than later. We'll know. And if there is, then obviously, then most likely the Raiders won't have an opportunity to draft him, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or Anthony Richardson because they probably won't have a first-round pick if they have to go out and make a move for a big-time veteran. Or maybe they'll sign a guy like Jimmy G. I don't know. We'll see. But there's a lot to a lot to unpack before it's all said and done. So we'll see how it goes. We got a ton of texts today. We got a ton of calls. We got a ton of uh, tweets and everything. We definitely appreciate all that. Uh, appreciate all our guests we have from Cassie Soto. Uh, we also had uh, Justice Mosqueda. Uh, he did a fantastic job breaking down the draft. Carolina Teague joined us as well. And most importantly, we had Raider Nation. So thanks so much for all the calls and texts. Uh, we always appreciate you. Demond, uh, hold it down, my man. The Vegas Vipers, you can hear that game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're going to be doing color commentary. Harry Ruiz is going to be doing the play-by-play. Uh, I know you're going to knock it out the park. Good job, man, and, and, and hold it down. I'll say you good job before you even do it. But uh, make sure you have a, a hell of a call, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. So enjoy yourself. Uh, we'll talk about it a lot on Monday. Uh, the show will be coming to you from Indy. We'll be there for the Scouting Combine all next week, so definitely look out for that. So have a great weekend, Raider Nation. Stay safe. Like Raider Fisher Berkeley says, stay positive. Do everything that you can. Hold on to your family tight. Uh, you just never know, right? So, uh, again, uh, we appreciate you as always here on Raider Nation Radio 920. From my man, Demond Cotton, I'm your boy Q. We'll talk on Monday. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Have a great one. Hey, hey.